0: Gift Biz Unwrapped,
1: episode 196.
0: That's the magic of Facebook, is it gives you the power to reach the right person.
1: Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now,
0: you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue
1: Monheit. Hi there. It's Sue, and welcome to the first episode of the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast for 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope your celebrations were festive and fun or relaxing and peaceful, however you like to ring in the new year. And I also wish for you the very best and huge success going into 2019. So crazy, isn't it? The change of a calendar, just one little flip of a page, one little rollover of a year gives us so much optimism that things can be different. We can do things better. We can have different results, etc. So I wanna ride that wave, why not? But the thing is, to have a new result, you have to do something different. That leads into what we're gonna talk about here in this episode, and that is Facebook ads. Okay, now don't shut off right away. I know what many of you are thinking. A lot of us have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, right, there are the privacy issues. Zuckerberg continues to show up in the news. Or perhaps you've tried ads in the past. Maybe you've boosted a post and you're feeling like you're throwing away money. It's just not working for you. Well, what I'd like you to do, just as a rollover of a new calendar year, I'd like you to clean the slate on the page in your mind that is titled Facebook Ads. Listen to what Salome has to say. And I think you might have a different perspective on Facebook ads. If nothing else, you're going to understand them a lot more. And there's two specific things that she talks about that are an absolute must that you should be implementing, whether you do Facebook ads or not. I also want to give you a heads up that I have something really special to share with you at the end of the show. So make sure to stay all the way through the end and then hear about something totally unrelated to Facebook ads. But for now, if you're not driving, you're not on the treadmill, you're not out walking your dog, pull out a piece of paper, grab a pen. If you can't do that right now, you might wanna come back and listen to this all over again because Salome is now going to give us the gold about Facebook ads. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Salome Shelak. Salome is a Facebook ad strategist who helps coaches, online course creators, and personal brands scale, automate, and grow their businesses faster with clever Facebook and Instagram ad strategies. Through her fast-growing agency, Salome has been able to build a global team of amazing people that work flexibly and independently, allowing them to balance doing work they love with caring for people that they love. Her clients say that the best thing about working with her is that she cares as much about their businesses as she does about her own. She says the best thing about working with clients is that she gets to help them implement proven marketing strategies that help them create more streamlined marketing funnels and get them to more profit sooner. Salome was born and raised in South Africa and lives in beautiful Perth in Western Australia with her husband, Emil two daughters, Mila and Elle, and their dog, Odie. Salome, I also have to tell people that you really are all this because you are my Facebook ad strategist too. And I'm honored to have you on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast.
0: Welcome. Thank you so much, Sue. It is an honor and a privilege for me to be here and to talk to your audience and to be on your show. And you know how much I love you. And I love working with you. And I love helping you grow your business. So thank you for that beautiful, beautiful intro.
1: (laughs) Well, the feeling is absolutely mutual. And I know that our listeners are really going to learn a lot about Facebook today. So and they've been asking a lot of questions about Facebook. Oh, fantastic. So I really appreciate you already before you even are, but bringing us all the answers. But I think you already know this. Before we get into it, I want to have you give us a little bit of information about you in a different way. And that is by having you describe yourself through a motivational candle. If you were to talk about what color you would have as your candle and what quote would be on the candle, describe what your candle would look like. When I first read
0: this, too, I was like, oh, I'm not really a candles person. So this one's going to be tough for me. And then I remember that I have one big candle in my house. And that one big candle is a candle I bought a few years ago when my mum was visiting me. And I bought it to put it on the Christmas table. And it is a quite a large candle. And it is a golden candle. But it's not like a shiny, waxy gold. It's like a matte color. And it looks like it has glitter in it. And I thought about it and I thought, well, that golden candle that I have is kind of like me. It's sort of simplistic and what you see is what you get, but there's a bit of shimmer to it. Yeah, there is some sparkle there with you for sure. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I think if I was a candle, like I would be that candle. It's simple. It's very clean and clear. And what you see is what you get. But it has a sparkle to it. It has a shimmer and a shine. And it is golden after all. And so I was like, Yeah, that would be my candle. When I was thinking about the quote, there's a quote. It is so often used. It is such a famous quote that I think it easily becomes a cliche. But it is the quote, the Marianne Williamson quote. I've got it in front of me. I wanna read it to you, but it's quite long. I'm going to read it to you because this quote is like, when I'm feeling sad, I come back to this. When I'm demotivated, I come back to this. When I feel inspired, I come back to this quote. When I need to remember who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing, I come back to this. So I'm going to read it for you. It's by Marianne Williamson, and it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others.
1: That is beautiful. And I so agree with you, Salome, because all of us have a special place in this world and we bring the light to others. But so often we're afraid of that. We're afraid of reaching out and showing people because we're afraid people are going to reject it, I guess.
0: Exactly. And it becomes this spiral of, you know, if I'm afraid to show who I am and to shine and to bring my gifts to light, then I hold back on giving you permission to do the same thing. And if I don't give you permission, then that means that I feel you're not giving me permission, and then I'm going to be play even smaller. And so it's kind of this vicious cycle that I think we just have to break at some point in ourselves. Right. And just go, hang on, if I'm here to shine, and I shine my light as bright as I can and I show up and I give and I care and like I have a few things like I feel as long as I take responsibility always and always come from a place of caring and loving and respect then I can mess up as bad as I want to because there will always be forgiveness and there will always be a way to fix things and there will always be a way to overcome whatever the thing is that you fear as long as you come from a place of love and you come from a place of taking responsibility and within that then I can shine my light as bright as I want to and on some days that means showing up on Facebook live on other days that means having a tough conversation with my child or with my husband and on other days it means just caring for someone who needs a little bit of extra care and on other days it means just showing up and doing my job
1: Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, it brings to mind to me the whole concept of intent. If your intent is pure, you're giving everything that you have, but the intent is really to help whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's with the children or your client, you know, whoever it's with, then it's not for other people to judge, really. So I love that you read that whole portion to us. And let's just say here and now for all of our listeners that we'll all make a pact that we're not going to play small. Yeah. We're going to give permission to each other right now that that's the way it's going to be. We're going to play with our full self. How about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know where I think that starts by cheering other people on who are shining their light and who are stepping out of their comfort zone and who are doing great things or who's just doing something. You know, it can be something as simple as baking someone a cake and having the courage to put that out there with love, just cheer other people on. And then you're going to find that you give yourself a lot more permission to do the things that makes your heart sing.
1: Absolutely. I didn't know that we were going to get into all this theory right in the beginning. (laughs) But I do want to say one other thing about this. When you talk about cheering other people on, I think there sometimes is this idea, if someone else is successful, then that's taking away a little bit of the potential success from yourself. And that's not true. I mean, success is not limited. And it's not just one pie that people are taking pieces from. Success can be yours in every way and greater than others. So absolutely, we should be cheering each other on.
0: Correct. We all have a very unique fingerprint in this world. And there's. Room for everyone's fingerprint. That's
1: right. So let's move on to get your fingerprint. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. You know, we've been working together for, I don't know, a Almost little a year. over a year, about a year, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I don't really know what attracted you to Facebook and Facebook ads. So why don't you share with us that story?
0: That's a good question. You know what? I'm sort of a problem solver. I think I just kept on solving the problem that was in front of me until I kind of got to this point here where I was enjoying doing this. I started a business when Elle, my youngest, who's now five, when she was born, I knew I did not want to go back to my day job. I was a pharmaceutical rep and I enjoyed my work very much and I was quite good at it as well. But I am not made to work for someone else. I'm one of those people that just, if you tell me I have to do something and I don't see the purpose in it, I'm going to rebel all day long. So I decided to enroll in a coaching program. And there's a really good coaching school here in Australia. And I did a three-year, it was like a three-year diploma in coaching. It was a very big program and started becoming a coach. And I just didn't enjoy it. What were you coaching? Initially, I started doing sales coaching because that was my background. I think personally, I had such a journey inside myself that I still needed to go on to be able to show up with authority and be able to back myself and be able to really serve clients. And I hadn't gone on that journey yet. So I kept feeling inauthentic. I constantly had that imposter syndrome feeling. I, You know, when I was at a networking event, talking to people about my services, it didn't feel good. It just did, it felt icky. And I didn't know why. And I struggled. And I wasn't happy at home because I felt like I was letting my family down because I was networking morning, noon and night to build this business and working on this business morning, noon and night. And then I felt like I was failing in the business as well. And it kind of got to a point where I just said, well, hang on, something about this is not working. And I started going, what do I want? What is the business that I want? And I looked at a few people online, like Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield and Danelle Laporte and Denise Duffield-Thomas. I was looking at them and I went, I want the type of business they have. Because at that stage, my business was all local. I "I want the type of business that they have. And so the very first program that I enrolled in was uh, one of Amy Porterfield's programs, her webinar program. And I thought, great, I'm going to run a webinar and then that's going to be my business. I'm going to make money that way. I started running webinars and it was a (laughs) a bit of a challenge at first. And part of running webinars was learning how to create landing pages and learning how to do Facebook ads. And then as I was sort of learning these things for myself, I started talking about it on Facebook Live with some other people. Or actually, I started talking about it on Periscope back then. And my friends started asking me, what are you doing and how are you doing this? And can you do this for us? And so I was like, yeah, sure, I can run Facebook ads. I didn't know I was supposed to struggle with Facebook ads until I realized other people have a hard time with Facebook ads. And so I started broadcasting on Facebook Live when Facebook Live launched and I started running Facebook ads for people sort of on the side at the same time. And it was kind of still just a hobby taking up a lot of my time and I wasn't making a lot of money. And then I launched a program. It was called the Facebook Live Superstore. And it was just teaching people the basics of Facebook Live and then how to turn your Facebook Lives into ads so that you can start building your list from them. And I ran $400 worth of ads and I made $2,000. And I thought it was a failure. I thought it was the biggest failure ever because I thought I'd put in all this hard work and I just made $2,000 like that just shows you how I was still in so much of the wrong mindset. Because I didn't realize, let me just clarify this, when you put $400 into Facebook, and and it spits $2,000 out, that's huge success. That's gigantic success. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So but I was exhausted. And I felt like I can't feed my family with $2,000. And this needs to be more sustainable. So what I did was, I, at the end, this was at the end of 2016, I went back to my day job. And I felt like I packed it in on the business. I was just like, I've been trying this for, at that point, it was two and a half years. I was exhausted. We were racking up the debt very fast. And I went back to my day job. And it was a huge exercising humility for me. And it was also taught me a lot. But the great thing that happened at that stage was I learned There were a few things I kind of went, okay, if I come from an energy of I'm going to conquer the world, then this is never going to work. Instead, I just decided to scale back, focus on gratitude, focus on what I have, focus on the good things that I am doing. And instead of seeing the $2,000 $2,000 as a failure to see it as an achievement and I shifted my entire mindset in that time that I was back at work and also a couple of things that happened in that year while I was back at work I decided to niche down and just do Facebook ads for clients.
1: So you were still doing your business on the side but then you were also working?
0: Oh yes yes so I was working during the day the, the good thing is being a pharmaceutical rep is you know we, you only work five or six hours a day had a certain number of calls that I had to do and I had to meet certain criteria. But once you've done that, you go home. And I spent, you know, maybe six hours a day in my car listening to online training. I was going through training in my car for hours and hours and hours. And I learned so much in that year. But also that's when I enrolled in B school and I niched down as a Facebook ads manager and I started building relationships with people in those groups and started running ads for coaches in the groups. And I niched down as a Facebook ads manager and decided I'm only doing that. So for that year, 2017, I was working my day job and running the business only as a Facebook ads manager in the evenings and had about four or five clients throughout that year. And by the end of that year, came over to America. I met you face to face there at that event. And I signed up a handful of clients at the event and came back and quit my job. I
1: remember the day. I remember because we exchanged some emails and you came home and you said, yep,
0: it's done. (laughs) It's done. I came home, I quit my job, and it has just been an absolutely glorious, amazing ride since then. And now I have a team. I have five people now working in my team And I'm so incredibly lucky that I get to, you know, I brought on these people and they are also, you know, Facebook ads managers. I have a project manager and an assistant. And they're all women who just wanted flexibility in their lives. They don't necessarily want to be selling their services. So they just want a job that pays them to do something they love and that is flexible around their kids. And I feel so incredibly lucky that I can provide that for them.
1: That's kind of the story of how it happened. Okay, so we were talking a little bit in the pre-chat and I want to get into Facebook, but I really want to start on the ground floor because I feel like a lot of people who are listening, yes, some people have used Facebook. Some people have boosted some posts here and there. I think people shy away a little bit because they've heard some bad things about Facebook, et cetera. So let's start with why Facebook advertising?
0: I think Facebook has an amazing incredible ability for you to target your advertising to the right person at the right time in the right situation and to reach the right person i want to say that's the magic of facebook is it gives you the power to reach the right person so once you know who that right person is this is a critical piece of foundational work that i see people where people get a little bit stuck sometimes is They're not 100% sure who their ideal audience is. And then they think, oh, if I can just reach more people, then my message will be heard. But it works the other way around. The clearer you can be on who your ideal audience is, the better you'll be able to reach them with Facebook ads. And the beauty of Facebook ads, so to answer your question, why Facebook ads is because Facebook ads has this incredibly powerful way of targeting people. And thereby being able to get your message in front of the right person at the right time, and then start that conversation with them.
1: Okay, so you're talking about the audience, and that people will make the mistake of thinking more is better. And you're saying, you know, similar to how we've all heard niching down, you know, the riches are in the niches, right? Yes, that whole saying. So that sounds like the concept applies here too to Facebook ads. But how does someone know if they're targeting the right audience before they start running ads? Or is it just testing? You just start and see?
0: Yeah, it's a bit of both. The most powerful thing with Facebook is the ability to take what you already have in your business. I call them your digital assets. So something like your email list, you can create audiences of people who have visited your website. You can create audiences of people who have engaged with you on Facebook, or have engaged with you on Instagram, or you can create audiences of people who have watched your videos. So if you're in that space where you're not 100% sure where to find your ideal audience, create a video that you know your ideal audience will 100% resonate with. Something that's going to add value to them, you're not asking them for anything. You're just leading with value. You're introducing them as the hero in the story of using your product or service. And you're showcasing, you know, it can be a testimonial video or something that showcases the end user of your product or service. Right. So making the customer the hero. Exactly. Or if you're a coach, like something that teaches them something, something that is of value to them. You can make a video like that and then run that as an ad, but run it as an ad for engagement. A lot of people run it as an ad for video views. And often I think it's better to start out running it as an engagement ad because Facebook gives you what you ask Facebook to give you. So if you want video views, they're going to give you people who watch your video. If you ask for engagement, they're going to give you engagement. So if you can create a piece of content that is, really draws your ideal audience in and gets them to comment and share, that's worth a lot more than a passive view. When someone's passively viewing a video, they're less involved than when they're actually commenting or sharing or liking or engaging with that piece of content. And then create those audiences, create an audience of people who engaged with that piece of content. You can create a video views audience for that specific audience, or you can create an audience on Facebook that is for people who engaged with your content. Now you can take that audience, and this is the beautiful thing, you can create a lookalike audience from that. So now you have people that you know like your stuff, people who are interested in what you have, and you can create a lookalike audience from that. And what that basically is, is it's just a mirror that Facebook just says, okay, we're going to take this bucket of people. Let's say there's a thousand people in your video views audience. Facebook takes those thousand and they create a profile of that person. And then they give you, let's say, a million people who matches that profile. Now you can test that same video on this lookalike audience. And now you're reaching what we call cold people. Now you're reaching new people on Facebook. So you're getting your message in front of new people and then you can test and see how is that message resonating with people. And I always recommend people to always be running two things at the same time. So if you're testing a video, run two videos and see which one does best. Or if you're running one video, then run it to two different audiences so that you can see which audience is going to give you the best result. Because if you just put it out there to one audience or you just put one piece of content out there, you have nothing to compare the results with. So that's another little tip for everyone.
1: Right. Okay. so I want to back this up and summarize where we're at so far. You correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Yes. So you first will create some type of a video. And I'm assuming that you're saying video versus some type of a post because video plays better in Facebook right now. It gets more attention and all. Yes. So that's why you're saying video. Okay. So something that's video that's focusing not on you. So in other words, not just showing all of the products, all the things that you sell, right? Correct but showing your customer interacting with it, ways to use it, maybe behind the scenes of its development, something that's interesting and curious for the viewer. Correct. Then when you're placing the ad, you talked a lot about you want to place it for engagement. And I just want to make sure that all of our listeners understand that when you're actually creating ads, you can say what your intention is, what you're trying to get to. And so you're saying, Salome, that you should be going for
0: engagement in this first ad, correct? Yeah, especially if you have some likes on your page and you already have people that are interested, you know, you already have a good following built up, then you can run it as an engagement ad just to people who like your page and just start to build a little bit of social proof on that video, because it works like a snowball. The more comments and shares you get, the more Facebook sees, oh, this is a valuable piece of content. And then they show it to more and more and more people. Facebook values engagement over everything else. So yes, step number one, create a video and run it as an engagement ad you start developing an audience and
1: I think we should when I'm done with the overview we should start talking about the pixel because how in the world do you get this? so we'll talk about that but so then just by theory here so then what happens is you're starting to build up an audience that has engaged in that video and from there that is then what you can use as the basis to create a lookalike audience. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that happens. And so then what you can do with that lookalike audience, which is now going to be cold traffic, because they look similar to who you already are attracting, but you've never touched them before. And so now you're starting to reach out and test. And you're saying also test two different ideas at one time so you can compare them against each other.
0: Yes, you can either be testing two different videos to the same audience. Or you can be testing one video to two different audiences. Does that make sense? Yep. And
1: you never want to test or change too many elements at one time because then you're not going to know which one actually caused the good result.
0: Correct. And the algorithm takes three days to optimize. So once you have launched your ads, you need to step away from it and not touch it for three days. That's the hardest part. Yes, and you sit there and you watch it and you watch your money going (laughs) in there. But you have to give it three days before you do anything because that's how long it takes. So we
1: all shouldn't be nervous and anxious if nothing's happening after the first two minutes that we have an ad running live. Yes. Again, for people who are really new and have never dabbled in Facebook at all, let's talk about this scary little word that I know everyone's probably heard, and that is the Facebook pixel. So why is that important? And where does that play into everything we're talking about here?
0: Yes, okay. So before I jump into the pixel, I do wanna say that there's lots of audiences you can create without the pixel. So if the pixel is something that you feel is gonna be a little bit of a challenge for you, just move the pixel aside for a moment, but go into your account and make sure that you create your video view audiences because you don't need a pixel for that. You can create your audiences that have engaged with you on Facebook or audiences that have engaged with you on Instagram. You do not need the pixel for that. So just go in and create those audiences first, because they're audiences that you want to capture from the get-go and you don't need to bother with any difficult pixels on there. Okay, all this talk about
1: pixels. I promise we'll get into it right after a word from our sponsor.
0: This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of The Ribbon Print Company.
1: Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Okay, let's get into a mini tutorial all about creating custom audiences and then the pixel.
0: Okay, so let me just open here because I want to make sure that I tell you the right things. You are going to go to your Facebook page. I have so many shortcuts set up that I just want to make sure that I give people the right information from the beginning because I, like, I go around the back doors. <laughs> you can go to your Facebook news feed or you can go to your page on the right-hand top corner. There's a little drop-down menu, a little arrow. And when you click on that drop-down arrow, a menu is going to come up and one of the options on that menu is create ads. And if you click on create ads, what's going to open up is called the Facebook ads manager. Now, if you have never run any ads, the first thing that Facebook's going to prompt you to do is to create an account. And this is a very simple process they take you through where you just enter your details, you link it to your page, and then you'll add a credit card that you're going to be paying with. And once that is set up, then you will see your ads manager dashboard. To create audiences, You're going to go right up to the top left corner where there's three horizontal lines. We call it the hamburger because it looks like, you know, it's just three horizontal lines, like two buns and a patty. If you click on that, there will be a drop down menu again, and then you're going to click on audiences. And then Facebook's going to open up a whole menu of audiences that you can create. So you'll say create audience. There's a blue button that says create audience. And you're going to say you want to create a custom audience. And then the custom audience that you want to create can either be an engagement audience and then you'll choose people who engaged with me on Facebook, people who engaged with me on Instagram, people who engaged with any of my posts. There's lots of choices that you can make. And I encourage you to just go in there and play around with it. You cannot break it. You cannot mess it up. Just go in there and play around. So engagement audiences are the first thing that you want to go and look at. The second thing you want to go and look at is video view audiences. So again, that will be engagement. And then the subcategory is video. And then the, the category under that will be, you know, your two specific videos. And then another audience you want to go in and create is maybe you want to upload your email list. That will be a great audience for you to create. And another one that you can create that's a really good one is people who've been to your website. And that's where we get into the pixel conversation.
1: Perfect. Okay. And so would you suggest that even if someone is just listening, they're not really thinking they're going to do Facebook ads yet, because we haven't finished the interview, I know we'll convince them by the end. But even if someone's thinking that they're not, wouldn't it be a good idea to start creating these now? Because then you're building your audiences over time versus when you decide you're going to run your first Facebook
0: ad? 100%. Yes. If you are doing anything on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, or a website. You need to be building these audiences now because all of that time and energy and effort that you're putting into it, you're already doing the work to get people into these audiences. But if you haven't set up the audiences, then it's like opening a tap and not putting a bucket under it.
1: They'll get richer and richer over time so that when you're ready, you'll have a really deep level of information there available with the audiences.
0: Yes. So this is one of the things that I often see people want. A common mistake is they boost posts, but then they don't have audiences set up to capture the people that engage with that post. So you're basically just putting money out there to put your ad in front of more people, but you have no way to continue the conversation with them. So if you're spending any time building an audience or building relationship with people using Facebook, Instagram, or a website, you need to have these audiences in place.
1: Beautiful. Perfect. That's so actionable for everybody listening to the podcast. So that's wonderful. Okay, so now is it time to talk about the little pixel? Yes, let's talk about pixel. Okay.
0: So the pixel basically is just it's a piece of code. Now, as soon as I hear the word code, I want to run away. So I think of it as like literally it's called the pixel. But if you think of it as pixie dust, it's literally like pixie dust. And if someone comes to your website, they get sprinkled with your pixie dust, it gets thrown on their head. So the pixel sits on your website, you put it on your website, and or on any landing page that you have. And when someone comes to that page, Facebook recognizes them because they are wearing your pixie dust on their head you know they have that it's been like i don't want to confuse you guys even more with my pixie dust analogy everywhere they go then they will get recognized because they have made a mark they've made an impression they're recognizable to facebook so if i have a blog post on my website that is very popular and I have the Facebook pixel on my website, then I can create an audience of people who have been to that specific blog post. And because I have the Facebook pixel on that page, anybody who now comes to that page will fire off the pixel, so the pixel loads, and it loads from that person's IP address or wherever, and the pixel recognizes this person, and they go into that custom audience, right? And now I can take that audience and I can run an ad to them. So let's say I now want to build my email list. I can run an ad to everyone who has been to that blog post. And the reason I know they've been there is because the pixel is there and they hit the page and it fired off the pixel. And so the pixel recognized them. Now I can run an ad to them and say, hey, you know, you enjoyed this blog post about such and such. Here's the freebie that goes with that and I can retarget them. Now, the pixel is literally just, it's a copy and paste piece of code that you just put on the page and it lives there forever and you don't have to worry about it again and you don't have to think about the pixel as such, but just know that you need to have the pixel on your website and you need to have it on any landing pages you use, such as lead pages or Funnels or Kajabi. If you use any of those programs, the pixel needs to be linked to that.
1: Okay. And so could you just hire someone from Fiverr just to get your pixel on
0: your website or wherever it needs to sit? That's what I did. I paid someone way back before I knew how to do it. I paid somebody five bucks to do it on my website.
1: Okay. So no excuses. You don't need to know how to do it. Just $5, hire somebody, get it going. Yeah. Because again, you're starting to pull in all of that intelligence that you need.
0: Correct. Yes. If you're blogging or if you're creating content on your website, you want to be sure that you can capture the people who have visited those sites, who have been to those pages, who have engaged with that content.
1: Right. I want to say this to everybody, and you're free to comment on this too, Salome, but it took me a long time to understand this. Now, remember, I'm coming out of marketing where we did by direct mail what Facebook now does online. So I am one who understands all of this targeting. But what I didn't understand for such a long time is, okay. so I put a blog post up and we all know that if I put a blog post up, no one's really going to see it unless I tell them. So I better send out an email to tell everybody. And we know, okay, you're going to catch some people with that because some people will see the emails and actually open them and read it. Some people might just happen upon it. Some people, you might put up a Facebook post about your blog. So that may be a way to get people to see and land and read that article. But that's usually where we all stop right? Because, okay, so now we go on to another article, but how about what Salome's is talking about here is retargeting those people who already showed interest in that topic and then sending something else out as like an added enhancement, because we all know it takes several touches for people to really understand, take further interest, etc. So that's one thing that I didn't really understand about Facebook ads. The other thing I really didn't understand, back to the emails and open rates, I mean, we all rejoice now if we get open rates of even 17%, let's say. But Facebook ads is another way of getting in front of people who aren't opening your email. And I didn't understand that for the longest time because it's like, oh, why do that? I'm emailing the whole audience anyway. Well, less than a quarter of your audience is even opening the email, but they might be on Facebook and looking. So that's where you can get in front of them.
0: That's right. I want to give you an example. I've just finished a promotion with one of my other clients where she's got a product that's a $197 product. It's an information product. And we wanted to put the price up to $297 on the 1st of November. So what we did for all of October is we ran ads to her warm audiences. So to people who were on her email list, people who engaged with her website, people who engaged with her on Facebook and Instagram, we just ran ads to those people. So it's not new, brand new people. It's people who are already know, like, and trust her. They already know about her. They're already inside her community. And we just let them know, hey, here's the product and the price is going up at the end of the month. And we made a good deal of sales from that. And now the price has gone up. And now that the price is up, now we're going to run that to new people. And now we've got a promotion for new people. But everyone who was already on her email list, they got her emails, yes. But they also got the Facebook ads and they made sales.
1: Beautiful. Wonderful. I love. Thank you for sharing that example from another client. You kept her identity masked. So very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but though, no, that's a really good example. I'd like to bring up another topic that I'm sure my listeners are thinking about, and that is how much money do you need to start diving into Facebook ads?
0: Oh, that's a good question, Sue. That is what everyone is asking. Mm-hmm. So the conversation about this has changed in the last year a lot. We used to say you can run ads for 5 or $10 a day, and that's all you need. The truth is that is not 100% the case anymore. You can still start with 5 or $10 a day, but you're going to start differently. So let me explain that. If you are running ads where you want people to opt in for an email list or download a freebie or give you their email in exchange for something else, You cannot start with $10 a day. And the reason for this is Facebook has announced to us that the algorithm needs 30 to 50 conversions. A conversion is someone who completed the action we want. So if we want an email address, then that means once they have submitted their email address and they've come to our thank you page that says, thank you for downloading my freebie, that means they're a conversion. What Facebook is saying is they want 30 to 50 conversions in the first week for the algorithm to fully optimize. Now, if you think about an average conversion costing $5, let's work on you know average, let's say it costs $5 to get one email address. If you're running $10 a day, you're going to get two conversions in the first day, and then two conversions in the second day, and then two conversions in the third day. And so by the end of the third day, when the algorithm is supposed to be learning stuff, it's only had six conversions. So it hasn't had enough learning experience to be able to really give you what you need. That's why the $10 a day strategy for an ad where you are looking to get email addresses doesn't work anymore. So instead, if you are starting out with ads and you want to grow your email list, I recommend use one ad set. And put at least $25 a day inside that ad set. And you can have multiple ads in that ad set. So you're testing different creative options. So maybe different videos, different images, different copy options. But have that one ad set that has enough money in it so that you can get at least five conversions in day one and five in day two and five in day three so that the algorithm can learn and give you the best quality conversions. So that's my answer if you're running your email list. If you're not in the place yet where you are running your email list, but you do want to start using ads, you can then start it with $10 a day. And what you need to do then is then you need to run video ads to engagement with an engagement objective. Because what you need to start building up is you need to start building up conversation. And conversation is engagement. And conversation is what is going to get Facebook to show your video or your content to more and more and more people. Does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense. And I'm going to make you respond to what I know a lot of our audience does on Facebook right now. Yeah. And that is they will run an ad, which is a picture of their product, probably with a price point on it and explaining why this would be a good thing for people to purchase. Right. And then they might boost that ad.
0: Yeah. What are they doing there? They're asking people to marry them before they've taken them out on a date.
1: But what if, Salome, I have a Facebook page with a lot of followers. I'm pretending like I'm our listeners right now, okay? I interact with a lot of people on my page. And so I'm feeling like just putting a post up there and then boosting it. I'm showing it to people
0: who already know me. Okay, so a couple of things about that. Firstly, I want to say if you're selling physical products like most of your audience, if they're selling something, some kind of a physical thing, you can occasionally run a promotion and it be a direct sale. Occasionally do that, but do that strategically and do it with a plan and do it knowing, having a clear idea of what the return on investment is that you're going to run. That's the short game. If you're playing the long game, What you want to do is you want to imagine that your client is somebody that you want to date and you are going to first run an ad where you are just going to introduce them to your product, but you're packaging it up as them being the hero who uses the product. You're not making it about the product. You're making it about the end user who has a better life after using the product or who has thinking like if you're, you know, who makes their kids happy at the birthday party because they bought your beautiful biscuits or something like that. You want to present the customer as the hero and get them to be curious about your product, introduce them to your product. That's step one. Step two is get them onto your email list get them to opt in for your email list, get them to get your 10% discount that you give to people who join your email list or get them to sign up for some kind of a promotion or something that you have. And then only do you ask them for the sale. So there's these clear three layers that you need to think about if you're going to build a sustainable, long-term growth with predictable results business. But, you know, by all means, if you want to make a quick buck, boost a post to a few people. And, you know, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping something will stick.
1: You know, it kind of feels in the beginning when you're just getting acquainted to the concept of taking your customer or prospective customer really step by step through the process, it kind of feels like, can't I just like run the race and get there faster, but you're going to have much higher quality people who will stay with you for the long term, it won't be the one off.
0: Yeah. The more relationship you can build with people before you ask them for a sale, the better quality client you will have and the more sales you will make long-term. So it might end up costing you more at the front end, but you are definitely going to make more at the back end. Whereas if you keep going for the cheap sale, it's going to be a once-off thing and they're going to be gone and you're going to be in hustle mode forever. Then you'll always be churning. Yeah, you'll always be churning. It's just going to keep putting you in that fear-based, responsive state instead of being in a proactive, strategic, clever place where you know the lifetime value of your clients and you know what your clients really want and you can really give that to them at the right time.
1: Got it. Okay. Words of wisdom for someone who's been listening, never dabbled in Facebook ads ever before. What would you say to them in terms of strategically using Facebook ads for their business?
0: I would say, if they've never used Facebook ads before, I would say, make sure you know who you're talking to and what they want. That is such a hurdle to overcome, is know who you're talking to and be very clear on what they want and what the outcome is that they want from using your product or your service or having that. And once you have that messaging nailed, a way to speak to your clients, to light up their eyes and make them go, I want that now. Once you can do that, then ads become really easy. And then I want to say, just know that there's life after Facebook ads. Facebook ads, you know, it does take a little bit of getting used to creating ads and running ads and understanding it. But you have done harder things than that in your life. And Facebook ads can be, conquered like there's a lot of people who understand it and you can do it too like that's kind of my message to them is I see so many people that are so overwhelmed and confused by it and then they don't even want to jump in and I just want to say like I had this math teacher in school who used to tell us there is life after math (laughs) I think it resonates with me because I felt about maths probably the way some people feel about the Facebook ads but the Facebook ads manager it just triggers all sorts of emotions in me (laughs) <laughs> um, but there, there is life after Facebook ads, like you can figure it out and you will figure it out if you stick with it. So if someone doesn't know, should they just
1: go to some YouTube videos just to start getting a feel for it? Or what would you suggest there in terms of some real direction?
0: I would not go to YouTube videos actually, just because Facebook ads, it changes so fast that you kind of want to know the latest and updatest information. I am a huge fan of Rick Mulready, and I listen to his podcast. His podcast is called The Art of Pay Traffic, and he is really, really good. He was my teacher and mentor, and he's really, really good at breaking this down into really simple, easy-to-understand steps. So that's, the, that's like sort of if you want to learn from someone how to do this, like I would say podcasts are the best. Rick Mulready's Art of Pay Traffic, and then there's one that Digital Marketer does. Oh, it escapes me what it's called. I'll send it
1: to you. Okay, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes along with Rick's The Art of Paid Traffic. So you'll have links to both and we'll have to tell him that we're giving him a plug here in the show. (laughs) Yeah, Okay, as we're circling to a close here, Salome, I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. And it doesn't need to be just your Facebook future, by the way. This Mm -hmm. is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box?
0: Inside my box is looking at my life and feeling like I have made a significant impact on a lot of people and I'm living a slower life. That's my gift is just, you know, I have this picture in my head of me sitting in my backyard with my kids swimming in the pool and me having slowed down and just being present and knowing that all the hard work that I have done have led to impacting and helping and building other people's lives up as well. So there's sort of those two components to it.
1: I love that. Well, I'm kind of manifesting in my mind that I'm just going to walk into the backyard and serve you a drink by
0: surprise. (laughs) I will take that all day long, Sue. I will take that all day long. I will be very happy when you walk into my backyard. All right.
1: Well, I've been to Australia, but I haven't been to Perth. So you never know. It's still on the list. You never know. (laughs) How would you direct our listeners to get in touch with you if they want to know more about you?
0: Yes. So they can find me on Instagram, salome.shellack. You'll hook that up in the show notes for the spelling. Of course. So I'm on Instagram on there. I love engaging with people on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. My business is called Shine and Succeed. But if they search for Salome Shellac, they'll find that too. But I think Shine and Succeed is much easier to spell. (laughs) There you go. And yeah, just send me a direct message on Instagram or on Facebook. Send me a message. Tell me you heard from me over here. And I would love to hear, you know, what you need help with Facebook ads. Beautiful. Okay.
1: Gift Biz listeners, first, I am giving you homework. I think this might be the first time I've ever done this. I've made suggestions, but right now I'm giving you homework. Number one, go in and build your audiences. Like today, it's, wait, if you're listening to this when it goes live, it's Monday. It's the perfect start to the week. Build your audiences so you're starting to capture everybody now. You don't want to miss them another day. And Salome gave us exactly the details to do it. So it should be super easy. How long will it take them to build a few of those audiences? Half an hour? Yes. Okay, so... Do that, and the second thing is go to Fiverr, go to someone in your chamber who knows this stuff, whatever, and get that pixel placed on your website. Any other places like lead pages, etc., all the ones that Salome talked about. Just doing those two things is setting you up perfectly for the future when you're looking at doing Facebook ads, whether it's sooner or later.
0: Yes, 100% agree with what you say. Go do it today because the day you want to start running ads, you already have. Audiences sitting in the bank.
1: Right, absolutely. And Salome, so interesting. I mean, you have been a master at my Facebook ad strategy. I am so thankful every day that I have you. And I also appreciate now that you have shared so much with our listeners here today. I think they've all learned something. There might be a little bit of some bitter truth in terms of what people have been doing, but you know what? We do what we know. And you've shared with us now how to be better and hopefully reap more returns, you know, the profit, like you were saying in the beginning. So thank you so much for shedding the, what did you call it? Fairy sprinkles?
0: Yeah, fairy dust. pixie. The dust. fairy
1: dust. The pixie dust. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing the pixie dust all over us today. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you, Sue. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. And thank you to your listeners. announcement time so
1: I'm usually pretty good at keeping secrets but I'm spilling the beans I can't help it I'm so excited I just want to tell you guys what I've been working on over the last few months it's been a little bit of a secret project because I wasn't sure exactly what the timing was going to look like on it but I can't wait I have to share with you my secret Many of you who've been following me for a while know that I wrote a book that came out last May. It's called Maker to Master, but that's not what this is about, although it spins off a similar concept. When I was getting serious about writing that book, there were actually two books that I had in my mind. One was Maker to Master, and that, truth be told, was the harder one to do. But I also was really interested in writing a book that was an inspirational book, kind of inspiration a day. I know you've seen those out there where it's 365 inspiring thoughts for your year or something like that. I think very often we get defeated by our own self-talk and we also sway away from core solid business growth values because there's a new social media site that's available or other things come up that take our mind off of the really important things that we need to grow our business. As things happen, my idea continued to evolve and I came up with the idea of instead of doing a 365 inspiring tips type book... It would be way more helpful for you if it was included in some type of a planner, so that every day when you're planning out your day, you'd also then see a tip. If I look at how I work with things, I don't know if I would have a book on the side of my desk and every day look at one day's inspiration and then another day's inspiration. Way better to have everything in one place. Consequently, I have created a planner. It's called Inspired, a daily planner specifically for you, our wonderful community of gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. I'll be sharing more in the upcoming days, but let me give you a few highlights here. One of the cool things about this planner is you can start any month of the year. Have you ever been like me where all of a sudden in May you decide, I want to start doing things different, I want to get myself really organized, but then you go to find a planner and they either start in September, going into the next year, or you have to buy a year and all the prior months of the year are useless for you because you're already in May. With this planner, you can start anytime. time. If you're listening to this announcement in January, you can start it right away. If you're hearing this in May, you can use this planner starting in May. It has monthly and daily layouts, so you'll be able to keep yourself really organized, and special life enhancing sections. More on that later. It also includes what I've been talking about earlier, and the reason I changed this from a book to a planner, and that is daily inspiration. Things that you need to be telling yourself, affirmations to get in the right mindset as the owner of your business, also business tips and ideas. Some of them you're going to read and you're like, yep, got it, it's covered. And then others might give you some pause, ideas of things you might want to implement into your business to further either solidify or grow what you already have going. That's all I'm going to share with you right now, but I will tell you that we are just weeks away from getting this out to you. I'm going to do a limited first run, and if you want to be one of the first ones to know when it's available, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me, and you'll get an email when the planner is ready. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me. There is no time like the present to take the next step on solidifying the dream you have for your business. The new inspired planner could be just the ticket to making sure that that actually happens for you this year. Have a great week and I'll catch you next Monday for a new episode of the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast.